listening to the SBP podcast by S. Botello Productions. I'm Susie Botello. Mobile film and video is our focus, and innovation is what drives us. My passion for storytelling and technology brings me to connect my experience in video and film to storytelling for everyone using mobile phones. Welcome to our second SBP podcast. Tonight, we're going to talk to Mithran Maharajan from Canada. Mithran is an exceptional mobile filmmaker and snatched the best mobile feature film prize in our very first mobile film feature competition for MFF 2017 last April. Mithran's film was shot entirely with a smartphone, and the leading actress for the film, Ava Blackwell, put on an outstanding performance. Let's chat with Mithran so you can learn a bit about him and how he accomplished making a movie with a smartphone. Hi, Mithran. It's great having you on our podcast. This is our second episode, and we're learning as we move along, right? We're all learning as we move along, aren't we? Absolutely. Thank you so much for having me here, Susie. Oh, you're very welcome. I'm just, it's a real honor to actually do this with you. Um, I actually would like to uh, tell our listeners um, a little bit about you. Actually, I would like you to tell our listeners a little bit uh, about your experience as a filmmaker. Just a little bit about your background, because um, quite honestly, you're not a novice to the film industry, are you? Um. Well, I'm still learning, so it's a, it's a relative term. Yeah, you're always new to everything, right? Every day is new. Um, but I, I started off um, somewhere around 2003, 2004, um, where um, I, I finished my uh, film course in Canada through... Um, uh, arts Etobicoke Council, it's Arts Council, and they had a digital filmmaking, so I did a course with them. Um, and then um, uh, my script was selected and funded by uh, the Arts Council, and uh, that's how I started off uh, making films. Um, and uh, that, that was my first script, like first official movie script, and it got funded, so I got so excited. And um, I got uh, I got a glimpse of the process from uh, writing everything in a paper to the point where it goes to screen, and it was uh, very stressful and rewarding at the same time. And I felt like this is the one thing that I always wanted to do. And um, that film got uh, released in different uh, theaters in Toronto as part of the festivals, and then. Um, I was working in television um, um, here in Canada, and uh, <clears throat> I was hosting um, a weekly show for them. It's an ethnic show. Um, and uh, after that, I had a chance to um, be uh, in the post-production unit for a feature film that was um, shot in New Jersey, U.S. Um, it was uh, shot in U.S., but it's... Uh, um, Indian film um, made uh, in, in South Indian cinema. Tamil film industry is one of the uh, leading 
uh, film industry because most of them know about Bollywood, but this is um, uh, in, in southern India, it's called uh, Kollywood, uh, and it's uh, uh, because the, the K comes from the area in which they make the film, which is Kodambakam, so oh. they, they call it Kollywood. Um, and um, uh, but long story short, they 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 shot a film here. It, actually, it was the first uh, red uh, feature film that was shot in India. Wow! Um, it was, yeah, I was so uh, lucky to be a part of the post production because that officially makes me the um, first. Um, uh, post-production person working in India uh, on on red workflow so I there was a lot of learning a lot of forum findings and and we were finding our way through it as we did it and it was a wonderful experience it was uh, directed by um, an award-winning filmmaker called uh, his name is Arun Vaidyanathan and um, that was his um, uh, first feature, and uh, it uh, was very well received both in theatrical release as well as in film circuits. Uh, and it talks about a very important subject too, um, about um, Indian family getting impacted by um, a pedophile. So um, it was a very controversial topic, but at the same time, it was very well handled by uh, the director, he was the writer as well, but um, I was so happy to be part of that project. And um, after that, um, I had an opportunity to be part of a TV show that was happening in India. It is called Nariya uh, Yakunar, uh, which means that uh, tomorrow's directors. <laughs> and um, I was part of... Um, um, I made a short film and and sent it to them. And were and you were you directing that film? Yes, I I, I wrote, directed, and produced it. I oh. I made a short film. It was a very simple film about um, uh, a little boy uh, who learns a trick to escape bullies from his grandpa who is visiting to see him from India. So he he learns how to fight bullies in school. Um, and and it was set in New Jersey. Um, uh, but it just happened because I I used to live in New Jersey, New York area. So um, it was set in New Jersey, and I shot it. I sent it to them, and they loved it. And um, uh, it received the best film award. And uh, they contacted me and said, do you have uh, more? I was like, yeah, sure, sure. Yeah, we have more. So I scrambled <laughs> literally to... <laughs> Find the we all do that. Yeah, we could do that. Sure. Oh. Yeah, sure. <laughs> so I, I scrambled, but I was so lucky again because we, we had an amazing team uh, that formed right away, and, and we had a, a set of cast members um, who were uh, interested in being uh, part of this, and I told them this is a series of short films we're going to do uh, for this TV show, and they were all excited. And uh, so we, uh, we did six films one after other uh, in over a period of like seven eight months it was like um, wow. like a marathon um, and uh, the second film uh, we uh, I won best director award <laughs> and the third film uh, we won best film award again wow. and um, the fourth film best film again and the fifth film we won best visual effects 
So, uh, yeah, we, <laughs> oh, wow. we, had, we had a pretty good run. We had a pretty good run. And uh, I'm, I'm so blessed to be part of working with such dedicated team and cast members at the same time. So um, that process, it, I, I wrote, directed, and produced all of them. And that process made me, um, I, I guess, uh, gave me a thick skin. Yeah. Uh, and um, I... I felt like this this is the way to go. And also one good thing about that TV show is that they did not ask me for same kind of film. They they kind of threw challenges at me in the sense like they um, wanted one film in sci-fi um, romance and another film in horror. Another film was a docudrama. Another one was sci-fi again. So it's like they they gave challenge in the sense like they were trying to find out like different genre from me yeah and, and um that was a great exercise for me as a writer uh, uh and a director uh and you excelled in every single challenge obviously uh yes because it's it's a teamwork because i i get excited by challenges so <laughs> when somebody through i'm like yeah it's game let's do this um and uh so we had a good run and after that um i moved to canada and uh um i was um i wanted to recreate the same team so and and i was lucky that in canada too uh i was able to form um a wonderful team of uh crew and cast members here um and uh um, their family we, uh, yes. 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 You, once you find a good crew, they become family. Absolutely, absolutely, they are, and I'm I'm so blessed to have them too. Because uh, even even though I moved to Canada, I still get um, uh, you know many messages from uh, my cast and crew members from New Jersey. They're like, when are you coming back? And I'm like, yes, definitely, I'll come back. It's like I got a lot of families now. Uh, one in New Jersey, one in New York, one in. Uh, here in Toronto, Canada, but um, uh, the the experience itself is is very uh, wonderful from uh, from the point of um, um, writing something that never exists. Uh, you in, you get inspired and you you start writing and you build these characters, and then um, uh, out of nothing now these characters exist and and uh, you want to find uh, people who can can live and breathe these characters and uh, once they do a phenomenal performance now you have to capture that in a, in a right way uh, so that the audience can feel what the writer felt what the actor felt and it has to be it's like a it's like a flame right you have to pass that flame from paper to an actor to an audience and and that includes post-production process too and it was it was a very good experience. We did a, um, a film uh, for the Canadian market that was uh, film Figment. Um, yeah, and- that's uh, that's the one that uh, I wanted to ask you about. Um, the one thing that that I'm getting from everything that you're doing is basically the storytelling is what really inspires you because all the movies from what you've just been talking about. Each one of them has a great story behind it, and then your characters are playing out the story as you are envisioning it, and that's why everybody can feel it. Um, that's that's the director inside you. That's amazing. Um, 
you had uh, several producers uh, for your film Figment, which is the one that you shot with the iPhone, right? Yes. And yes. one of them, one of those producers, one of them was you, of course, but one of them came to our film festival and he was in our Q&A panel, Javier Augusto Nunes, right? Yes. Yeah, well, one thing he mentioned in the panel was that you really had to convince him to shoot the entire film on a phone. And you had told me about the learning curve for your director of photography, your DP. Um, so I'd like for you to share that story with our listeners, because I think uh, they will, you know, our listeners are going to learn a few things from that story. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um uh, we we live in in a very wonderful time where um, uh, the distance between um, what you want to do and what you have in your hand is is enormously reduced. Um, in the sense that in 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 the past, if you want to make a film, you have to. Um, well, of course, uh, the story is the key element. Once once you have nailed down your story, then comes the technical part where you have to find a camera, uh, be it a eight millimeter, sixteen, uh, or thirty five, um, and you have to shoot it. There's a specific way to light it so that it, it imbibes into the film, and then once shot, you have to slice it, splice it. Um, I, I learned 16 millimeter film production too, so I kind of understand the, the enormous works that work that gets into every single possible um, phase of the film, and um, it, it takes a lot of energy, a lot of time, and and a um, lot of um, uh, know as well, and. Um, now the introduction of technology, especially the digital filmmaking, has has enormously reduced that gap uh, between what you want to do and what you have in your hand. And uh, for for myself, um, things took a big turn uh, when when um, iPhone came because um, the the previous six films that I told you about they they were all shot on red camera right. and 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 they were all like <clears throat> shot with um, proper film setup and uh, there was no compromises done because it was going to be aired on a TV channel um, but then when when I got the iPhone and um, I, I started playing with it and then um, one day I, I remember I was trying to take a picture of a flower and um, by mistake, I, I hit something and it gave me a depth of field <laughs> where the foreground was pretty clear and the background was like really blurry. And I'm talking about like iPhone 3, right? It's, it's not even wow. 7 or anything. And, and I was like, wait, how did that happen? And then um, I started doing research online and I found that I'm, I'm not the only person who got fascinated with this phone and the camera that it has to offer. And, it, and um, I did a research close to six to seven months on how, um, how to make the video look more cinematic because um, having a video camera is one thing, but how to shoot a cinematic 
um, scene using that camera is a completely another thing. So I spent so much time uh, to see how I can use the piece of equipment that I have in my pocket to tell a compelling story, but at the same time, the visuals uh, should be um, more professional and and more cinematic. And um, when when you say cinematic, I mean, uh, are you also talking about the framing, and camera movements, or or just the visual, um, the uh, the aesthetics of the of the video? It's it's all. It's an amalgamation. It, it's uh, uh, it's a fireworks. It's like um, everything combined a little bit because um, I um, when 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 as a director when I read the script um, I feel like this is a point when camera has to move in to tell a deeper or show a deeper emotion uh, and so the movement of the camera and and the way the scene is lit up and um, also uh, the framing of the shot, the composition, and um, uh, right off the bat, we wanted to go with a specific aspect ratio. So all these things combined, um, I wanted to give a cinematic look. And and, um, I I thought, okay, if I have to go and talk to somebody about, like I'm gonna shoot a film with an iPhone, um, A, I know definitely they're gonna laugh at me, and B, um, I was ready for that, and, and B, I wanted to shoot a sample footage and then show it to them saying that, do you like this footage? And um, so, which I did. So I used softwares and, and one of the best softwares that is out there in the market today um, is Filmic Pro, um, uh, F-I-L-M-M-I-C-P-R-O. So what the software does is that, um, this is my nerd side talking now. <laughs> I think a lot uh, of people like that though. <laughs> yeah. So um, uh, the software opens up the manual capabilities of your camera. And um, so you get the manual exposure, you get the manual focus. Um, you can you can even try to do a rack focus now. Um, so things like that um, are really, really opened up by the software. So when you use this software combined with the lens, you, you get to uh, show things in a better way. So I shot a video. Uh, just a test video of um, of somebody standing in a in a port uh, here in Toronto, and um, I played with the footage a little bit, and I I, I felt really convinced that this is the way to go, um, and um, I met. Uh, first Javier um, and, and Javier is an excellent filmmaker himself he has won uh, several awards and uh, he's an amazing uh, producer too um, and when I when I met Javier I I first gave the script I for everybody in the team I first gave the script because I know that once they get tied up to the story and the characters everything else is is um, necessary but it's an uh, um, accessory it's, it's for... It's a tool. Yeah. Everything exactly. is just a tool for that story, Ex- right? Exactly, because the, the story is the foundation. So he was really 
um, uh, he was really happy uh, to be part of this storytelling and he was like this is such a good story so tell me uh, what we are going to do and I'm like um, we are ready to shoot and he's like okay that, that's excited so um, what are we going to film on 16 millimeter I think the tone and texture and I, I, I removed this device from my pocket I placed it on a table I said <laughs> I'm going to film it I'm gonna film using this, and and um, he drew this blank face. Like <laughs> I, I could hear like cricket sound in the background. Uh, he's like, "What?" And I said, "I'm gonna shoot it on iPhone." He's like, "No, no, no! This is such a good story. What are you doing?" Um, so I showed him the footage that I shot, and I told him, "Can you tell me in which camera this was shot?" He's like, "No, it's a good, good uh, footage. I don't know." I said, "I shot on the same phone." So at that time, it was, I guess, iPhone uh, 6 uh, Plus was out. So I said, I shot this footage like three versions ago. So now the capabilities are a little better. You can do this. And um, even at that time, he was not really, really convinced. So um, I said, let's do a sample footage and then I'll show you. And um, after that, he was uh, really uh, happy with what he saw. Um, But one person who was really supportive was my director of photography. His name is, uh, excuse me, his name is Karan Dillon, uh, K-A-R-A-N, Karan Dillon. He has... um, enormous experience working with the BBC and and he's done a lot of documentaries. He's a veteran. He's been in the industry for like close to two decades now. Um, And when I met him um, and I I told him this is a story, he loved the story and he wanted to be part of it. And I said, we're going to shoot it with iPhone. And he right away said, let's do it. He awesome. was, I, I think that's where um, the difference um, happens. Like, you know, you, you get to see like different people who react to the same message in a different way. Yeah. And um, but then when these people come together, uh, the product is, is even better. And, um, and like uh, you said, you love a challenge. Yes, yes, it was good. And uh, um, then um, I felt like I could, I could produce it, but Javier said uh, he wanted to be part of it. So he was uh, in the production team too. Um, and uh, all, then I um, uh, was talking to Liz Taylor. She, she ha- she's an amazing actress and she's an amazing producer too. Um, she started her own company here in Toronto now. And uh, she's done some uh, phenomenal job as a director. She turned uh, to be a director now and her film is doing really well in film circuit now. She was and in the film, right? She acted as well, right? She acted in the yeah. film too, um, and um, she she was playing the role of the social worker in the film. Yeah. Uh, and so when the right people came in, uh, and we wanted to uh, produce this, and I was very particular about choosing the person who's going to play the lead uh, female. Um, we did 
auditions. Yeah. How yeah. how how do you work? How do you work with an actor like Ava Ava Blackwell? She was so amazing. Her acting was very amazing in that film. It was it was a really tough role. How do you do that? Um, it 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 was a very very good experience um, working with Ava. She she's. She's an amazing person uh, and and a very talented actor. Um, when we did the audition, um, we had some sights, and uh, um, I I really wanted to give a very key scene. Usually, it's not done as part of audition process. The sights are really very neutral. But I, I wanted to give a key scene because I really wanted to know up front like who can handle this kind of heavy scenes. Mm-hmm. And um, she she nailed it in the audition. And I was like, okay, that's that's the lead. That's Diana right there. Let's let's do this. And uh, she was so excited when she got it. And the actual shooting process before the shooting. Um, I, I talked so much uh, uh, to her about the character and the research that I had done because this film is loosely based on a, a real story that happened in Austria. So um, I, I spoke to her about that story. I shared the news that I read and, and the articles related to that. And um, how would she be? What would she she do? Uh, what would her day be like? So we did a lot of homework ahead of time. And when we got to the set, um, uh, my my style of working is I, I do not um, uh, tell somebody on what needs to be done. I would I would say how the character feels at this point in time. And um, however they come back with their performance from that point forward, I I try to mold it to the vision that uh, I have and that can justify it to the overall script. And um, there are some scenes, especially the scene where um, she uh, explains her experience to the lawyer and a social worker in a room. Um, in in that scene, um, uh, if you if if you had seen, it's a it's a long scene that has no cuts. Typically, that those kind of scenes would have like a cut to a close up, or uh, or you know cut to a different angle. But all I did is it's a long shot and it's a it's a dolly shot where it starts off with her on a mid and it keeps pushing in yeah i I noticed that too when i saw the film and that's like that's real professional work right there and it brings you closer and closer as she's opening up so you're getting the tightness of the shot bringing you closer into her but at the same time she's opening up uh, which is really cool. Yeah, th- thank you so much. That's exactly what I I wanted to bring out while I ri- I wrote it. So, uh, if I have to tie back to what what we were talking about earlier, like when I wrote it, this is how I felt, and that's what Ava felt when she was acting. And if you could say that same thing by looking at the film, that means that the the flame is passed through, right? Yeah. And uh, it was it was such a good experience, and and everybody in the set were like, "Are you sure you don't want coverage?" I mean, she covered everything. There's no coverage. 
That's yeah. amazing. How? Um, what? What were the main differences? Just, just give me a couple examples. Um, uh, what the differences in directing a mobile film versus a traditional film would be? Um, that there are um, uh, there are a lot of technical differences, but right. uh, fr- from a creative perspective, it's just the same because um, um, right off the bat, um, me and my team. Uh, one thing we were very particular is that we are just replacing a camera doesn't mean that everything else has to be compromised. So the entire set was like a real set. Like we we had the same regular lighting that you would have on a, any dramatic film like this. And uh, we used the same um, uh, recording equipments that is used for a regular film. Uh, and, it's, and it's just that the... the camera was smaller uh, so it gave us more freedom on on certain angles and shot and and you can fit it into a tight spot um, and um, if you if you want to set up a dolly it it would take like five minutes versus <laughs> 15 20 minutes uh, and uh, it also gives you a creative freedom um, especially as a director I think um, you can open up the ways you you see a scene uh, because um, all of a sudden you, you get this freedom to fit this um, point of view in in a in incredible places like um, I could just say that can we have a um, 10 feet dolly um, and from a from uh, one point to another point, all they have to do is that find a table that is for that length or find a piece of uh, log that is of that length which has a smooth surface in it. And they could just drop a pocket dolly and they can give the shot that I need, which was pretty cool. And um, uh, also when we did the storyboarding, I, I specifically uh, picked up certain shots that, that would... Um, provide um, more freedom because I know that the camera is really small and and it can fit into places that are really amazing and um, at the same time um, I I would say that um, technically there might be a difference between a film camera and using a mobile camera but um, as far as storytelling goes it's the same except that it gives you more options. Like for example, if you're in a, inside a car, uh, you can get very interesting angles uh, if you use a mobile phone. Um, of course, at the same time, you cannot have a crazy angle because uh, uh, like everybody and even our eyes are used to certain angles. So if we put something that is really not fitting to the script or the character or that moment or that feeling or behavior at that point in time, then probably that might not fit but you, you get a lot of freedom when you're working with a mobile phone yeah that's that's really interesting and of course you still have you know lighting and you know th- that you have to still do um with this and you guys had a lot of professional equipment as well that you could use around the actual phone itself right did you use any lenses by the way i'm just curious Yes, so um, uh, that that's a good question. So for um, for making a film with a mobile phone, we we split this into three uh, parts. The pre-production was regular, and and uh, 
during the production, I, I purchased uh, specific lenses um, that can uh, do macro shots yeah. and wide angle shots and also um, um, fisheye lenses. And uh, sometimes we use the native lens on the phone itself. Um, and uh, the rigs, uh, based on my research on the six, seven months on how to shoot it, I use specific rigs that are made uh, for um, filming on an iPhone. At that point in time, when we did this film, it was very limited. Now uh, there are tons of options to create a smooth, smooth shot. Uh, but we, we did use pocket dollies. We used um, um, steady cams. We used the tripod adapters so that we can put the. We actually used a real steady cam, and then we we got an adapter that can uh, fit a phone into that, yeah. um, and uh, things like that. Uh, but lighting wise, we did the regular writing. And here's an interesting uh, note: um, when it, the film has two parts without giving much away. The film has two parts. The first part is very bright, happy. And the yeah. second part is really dark happening in a basement. And um, I was very particular that I want either no light or less light. And, um, in, and, and the DOP did a tremendous job. You, there are no artificial lights in the basement. It's just natural candlelight. And that's all it is. Um, we had two candles lit in the entire basement and um, that's all the light and the camera was was performing amazing ways that um, we were able to reduce the noise um, for for whatever level we can of course end of the day it's a it's a mobile camera but then you achieve what you want the look is there um, and it came out really well. There is a shot in the film where um, the character would walk from a faraway distance and come closer to the camera and blow off a candle and the whole room will go dark. Um, that that shot was done with just one light, candle light on the table, nothing else. Wow. Wow. I, w I worked on a film one time, long, long time ago, and um, it was shot on film. And it was um, it was inside of a cabin. It was made to look at night, and the light was so dim. And I said, you know, gotta be careful because you know in film stock, um, you can't really tell, you know, and and it tends to show la uh, darker than the film stock than what you see with your eyes, and they weren't paying attention to that um, so much that the film was never, nothing ever came out of the film. It was so, so dark throughout the entire film that it was just, it wasn't even worth um, going any further with. But with the mobile phone and with digital cameras now, you can pretty much just play it back and see if it even uh, works, you know, for the most part. Absolutely. And, and you have this uh, luxury of, I, I don't believe fix it in post, uh, but at the same time, you have this opportunity to recreate the story. And when it comes to lighting, my my editor um, did an amazing job. His name is Rodolfo, and um, he, he not only... Um, 
cut the film in a certain pace, but also he was very helpful when we did the color correction process because um, the attributes that comes through a mobile camera might not be that much, but for an iPhone, it was really commendable. And uh, we were able to, um, you know, bring in the proper ratio of light to shadow. Uh, and especially some of the shots that looks like night shots, they were shot in broad daylight. So we were able to crush the light and, and make it look like night. And at the same time, when we shot some of the shots in the darkness completely, um, like, like you mentioned on a film, there must be some light to record that image on Yeah, you have to have something there in the first place to bring the, the lighting down, basically, to darken it. Exactly, and it has to be exposed. The film has to be exposed to, to receive that image. But since it, this was digital, um, we were able to capture what's out there. And, and the sensor um, inside the digital camera was also... Uh, pretty commendable for a mobile phone and uh, we were able to gather a lot of attributes which we can crush and um, we were able to um, um, reduce the noise in there. Um, Everybody uh, was was worried about uh, how it's going to look like on a big screen when you blow it up. Right. uh, because um, it might look awesome on a 4K monitor, probably, uh, but uh, we're going to blow it up. I, um, I was also uh, not sure about that because it, it was at, at that point in time, it was very experimental because we did a lot of stuff that looks cinematic. So, um, and uh, we did our first screening in the Toronto uh, Festival. And um, uh, when, when I saw this, on a big screen <laughs> and I, I was blown away yep. because this film when we finished the film I was originally targeting uh, for summiting festivals and um, this film was screening with the films that are shot on like a red camera and 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 high-end DSLRs and um, Everybody saw the film when they saw the end credit. That's when they got surprised. They were like, <laughs> was it shot on iPhone? Was it shot on iPhone? Like, really? How did you do it? Um, and I was so happy that people until the end of the film, until we told them they were not, they, nobody would have known that it was shot on iPhone. So I, I, I felt like that, that is a real success, right? You know, sometimes what happens, too, is that because, uh, you know, not just you, but your camera person and everybody that's working, they, they pay more attention and, and are, are more meticulous about what they're doing because they realize it's, it's on a phone, you know. So the confidence, right, because it's a little lower on, well, we got to be very careful because we're not sure how well this is going to come out as opposed to with the red cam where you're going in going, wow, it's going to come out looking great no matter what. Right. You know? And so sometimes that really impresses people um, a lot more in the end. I know when I first had the very first film festival, uh, I mean, I started it in 2009 and I already knew that even cell phone 
um, videos, if you really paid attention to it, they would still look decent on a big screen, and it was just going to get better, you know. Um, and I had the I had a really tough time finding sponsors for the venue to put these films on a big screen because of that, because people were questioning how they would look on a big screen, and I was super confident about it. And it wasn't until the night before the very first film festival, and uh, they said, we really want to see it. And I said, okay, we'll play it on the big screen the night before, you know, but I'm, I'm telling you, it's going to come out fine. And they were blown away as well at the films. And I think at that time, uh, the, high, the cameras at that time were actually the iPhone 4. So, yeah, they, they look great. Speaking of noise... I wanted to ask you about the audio. Yes. Um, we, well, before I, I go to the audio, I wanted yeah. to uh, say another point about the platforms. So um, the film festivals like yours actually provides a platform for for people to have that creative freedom, right? Because um, mm-hmm. when, when you have... Uh, when you're building a dedicated audience and and you're declaring saying that this is not a film festival, this is a mobile phone film festival, and that takes a lot of energy and it takes a lot of guts to come out and say that we are going to honor this uh, video that came out of a piece of phone and we are going to treat it like a film festival and we're going to um, award these films. When, when a platform comes out like that, that actually makes um, it, it's a humongous encouragement to uh, people to go out and and do that because I, I I myself know a dozens of people when when I posted about um, winning the award on on the mobile phone film festival uh, for best film they they contacted me and they were like, what is this festival? How do we participate? What do we do? Um, because um, filmmakers, when, when uh, especially people who wanted uh, to experiment or who want to start out, or even uh, experienced filmmakers, they want to try something that is uh, new and that is doable and that is contented and it's not going to cost a lot of uh, effort to, to put together a scene and uh, they, they want to do that and and they get so much excited when there is a platform for that so first of all thank you for that um, uh, but now coming back to the question on sound um, the, the sound we we did not use um, some of the microphones that was suggested for mobile filmmaking where you, you give the audio directly into the phone yeah. um, and, or you you attach a piece of microphone that you can uh, attach uh, to the phone itself. We did not do that. Um, instead, um, uh, what we did is we, we recorded um, using uh, a regular uh, live recording microphones, uh, like how we would do it on a regular film. Because the sound, like you could tell um, that it, it sounds like a real film. Uh, doesn't mean that we, um, if you use a microphone that goes directly into the phone, the sound quality would be low. Uh, we tested that, uh, but psychologically, I wanted everybody to feel that 
just because we are using a mobile phone doesn't mean everything has to change. Right. So um, that that was that was a reason behind me using a regular sound uh, uh, recording microphones. But the phone, the microphones that are used that can go into your phone directly, that also gives you um, great audio. And there are a um, lot of products in the market out there. Uh, after we finished the film, I saw a couple of products. Um, um, I forgot the name of the company. Um, if, if you Google saying that um, professional recording uh space mobile phones or iPhone or Samsung, uh, this, this products comes up and uh, uh, you could use that too. Um, so uh, what I suggest for people who ask me is that have two dedicated phones, one for video, one for audio. Um, so by that way, um, you're not combining too many things into not putting all the eggs in your one basket and something happens to the phone, your film is gone. Well, and the most expensive part of film gear per se is the actual camera, yeah. you know, and the, the, you know, it just dawned on me, you know, what a quirk this is because we're flipping it and saying, you know, buy all these, you can get, you can use, like I use regular equipment, you know, an XLR microphones, and then I use the iRig to, um, connect the XLR cable and then go directly to the phone that way. Um, and you can use that with uh, wireless mics and, you know, and all those. But, you know, it's funny because you can use, and that's how I set up the film festival is like that. If you already have all this gear, but you're lacking the camera, um, then you just use the phone and use all the same gear that you always use and, and you can still shoot it that way. And one of the things in the rules is you can shoot, um, as you, you shoot, you must shoot the film on the phone using the, the phone's camera and, um, everything else, including the audio, the editing, everything else can be done externally. Um, the only part about doing the external audio obviously is that you have to sync it in, you know, in post when you're editing it. And that's all. Do, you yes. also had some beautiful music, by the way. I just want to um, just just ask you a little question about that music because, you know, the music and the obviously the audio is the second, you know, the second half of the other half of the of the film. But um, that music that that really brought up the production value as well. Uh, yes, and and uh, it is it was made possible by an amazing talent. His name is Joshua Hemming. Uh, he he writes excellent music, and he's an amazing uh, sound designer. And he's he's also a sound recorder. So when when I had this project in mind, and I met Joshua, and um, he read the script, and he, when he wanted to be part of it, I um, I wanted to have a complete input from him on the on the live recording sound and post production, how it's going to come and all that. Uh, and and he wrote the music because we we wanted to make sure that we we definitely don't don't want to use any stock music. I have nothing against stock music. It's just I felt like. Um, since the story uh, is very deep, um, uh, using a stock music might probably bring down that 
the actual feeling they have. And, and we talked about it. We, uh, we uh, wanted to have music sometimes that contrast the visuals. Uh, one thing that I could think of is that uh, every time when, when the husband goes to the basement, he would put a very loud music uh, and um, uh, so that the screams doesn't go out from the basement to exterior. And um, we were thinking what music he would play. And um, we, we, we talked about like different dark music we could play or um, some uh, mellow music we could play. And I was like, um, no, he must be somebody who plays uh, jazz because he must be completely opposite of what he does. <laughs> and, um, and and that sort of like will draw a contrast between what's happening and, and, and what the music is. And um, that that's what happened in the film. Like it, it gave out a very different feeling as as he walks from the house to the basement. The jazz music sort of muffles down, and and uh, but it sort of plays in the background, and it's really uh, it brought the mood of the scene properly. And it's and the first half of the film is so happy. It's all um, it's it's princess, it's it's warrior, and it's it's so happy. So uh, he he wrote these wonderful happy moments that that you could have with strings and the choice of instruments he had was also very helpful in telling the story. Yeah, well, no, it was great. Okay, um, I have a question, one last little question before we go into this last part here. Um, and this is just you right now. What what was a movie or a director that inspired you to make movies? Uh, not just one. There are tons, <laughs> and and they are they are global. <laughs> um, it, but the, when I when I started off, um, uh, of course, when uh, I come from a, 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 a province called Tamil Nadu in India, mm-hmm. and so uh, there are tons of uh, directors. Uh, over there who are amazing storytellers visually um, but mostly I got inspired from uh, a director named uh, Mahendran and uh, uh, another director named uh, Balu uh, Mahendra and um, these are the two directors who inspired me to see film in a different way uh, and um, of course after that I, I started uh, exploring about world cinema and I, I got so much inspired by uh, Akira uh, uh, and I started watching his films um, and then um, in Hollywood I really loved watching um, um, uh, people like Martin Scorsese and um, I, I really loved uh the storytelling from the Coen brothers and um, I I used to follow the uh, the way in which the camera moves are done by uh, Spielberg and um, 
and then I uh, in 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 recent days I really love the work that is done by Christopher Nolan uh, and then I whenever I find a film I'm like oh my god this film is so good what are the other films they did and I, I saw the film like following and actually it's following is one of the films that got me inspired like oh my god like um, like music is, right like when you yes. hear a great song you're like I wonder what other great songs they they made exactly <laughs> Um, so th those are the directors that uh, that had come to my mind, but uh, there are so many. Um, I, I like Steven Soderbergh's work, uh, and I, I like David Cronenberg's work from Canada, um, and there's a lot of other um, directors um, who keep inspiring me, and and even uh, Tarantino, because. You can you can have this amazingly simple, um, uh, simple setup, but still create an uh, awful lot of tension. Uh, it's like it's like two people talking about robbing a bank, and they just jump on a diner and say they're gonna rob the diner right now. Or it could be like two people talking about a TV pilot, how it's done, and they walk in. And uh, they they shoot the guy over a burger. Uh, <laughs> those like those are the things I was like, wow, uh, this is my. I like it. It is so awesome. Like I le I learned so many things from so many people, uh, and and get inspired from every single way possible. Yeah. Was it um, which was it Pulp Fiction uh, where they're they're driving in the car and they got the guy in the back and he's pointing the get around and he accidentally shoots the guy in the back seat. Yeah. 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 That yeah, that was just like it was like, oh no, <laughs> that did not just happen, but you're laughing and at the same time it's just horrible. Uh that's total Tarantino. <laughs> yes, yes. He's he's a he's amazing in writing dark comedies. Yes. Yeah. No. And 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 the aftermath of that was just a whole other, you know, I mean, we could spend a whole day just talking about about that. Um, okay, all right. So, um, all right, everybody, it's shout out time. So, yes. so this is uh, one of the fun parts of our podcast, where our guest, you, Mithran, has the opportunity to give a shout out to some people, and you only have twenty seconds to do it. So hold on a second. Let me turn on oh, wow. my timer here. Guess what I'm okay. using as a timer? My phone. <laughs> 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 so I'm going to turn on the sound on this so to make sure we hear it when it goes off. So you got 20 seconds. Are you ready? Yes. Okay. You set and go. I want to give a huge shout out to uh, family, friends, uh, and my team, uh, cast, crew members, everybody, and um, you're not going to cue the music or anything, right? No. Okay. Uh, and I really wanted to give a shout out to. Oh my god. Twenty <laughs> seconds. What? Okay. Cool. The pl I was going to say at the platform too. Yes. yes. The platform. Yes. Well, yes. you know what? Honestly. I, I love this part because, you know, I just thought about that. You know, you get put on the spot. 
you win an award like you did at our film festival. You you go on the Academy Awards and they put a timer on you as well. It's like you could yes. never, never, ever have enough time to thank everybody. Absolutely. You know? So yes. this game, what it does, is it gives you an excuse <laughs> <laughs> to say, I didn't have time. You were on my list. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, it's um, you're you're you thanked a lot of people. I know I know that um, I um, didn't mention enough about the actors that you have, and and we also didn't even talk about the the kids. Um, but uh, what I think we'll have to do uh, when you make your next film is we'll have to touch on that as we um, have another podcast interview with you later on about. Uh, possibly your next film. You also um, got nominated to the Global Mobile Film Awards as um, yes. for best film, right? Yes, yes. So, um, so we'll see. Yeah, and and we are excited. And and I just wanted to end end a uh, note of appreciation for the two kids who did an amazing job. Because when we shot this, it was not a, a warm time in Canada. Yeah. It was really cold. Uh, but um, they they uh, really brought out the exact feeling that is expected out of these characters, and especially uh, the two girls who did it, um, uh, and uh, their patience, because this is, believe it or not, this is kind of like their um, first project on a, on a film, in the sense like, they, they have done TV commercials or they have done like videos or anything, but this is their first time on a film set where we say, can we go again, one more take, can we go again, one more take, and <laughs> exactly. and, and uh, they were so patient and, and their parents too, were, they were like so dedicated. So that was really, really helpful. Well, and yeah, and, and, yeah, and actors, it really is such a waiting game for them. I've been on sets where they spend almost all day practicing and practicing for their lines, and they end up going, we didn't have time to do that. We're going to have to shoot your scene tomorrow or something. And they're like, oh. <laughs> I know. Like, we were in our zone. We were, we were in the zone. Like, we have to break it now. Yeah, talk yeah. about anxiety, right? <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and then and in our next film, we wanna really push the capabilities of the camera uh, without uh, giving out much. I uh, we are trying to see how the camera works underwater. So we'll whoa, see. cool! Well, you know, Jaws is a big hit. It's on Netflix right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, this is gonna be a very uh, it'll be a dark film, uh, but. Uh, We'll see. Cool. I'm I'm looking forward to that. Are you gonna yes. get the uh are you gonna take out the mortgage and get the iPhone X? <laughs> uh no, I will just wait it out so that it uh it becomes a reasonable price. But uh, I, I, I think it's not just iPhone because originally iPhone was really the game, but now um there are other phones that are equally um, competing, uh, especially the phones uh, with Android uh, phones are there. And, and Sony Xperia is really good too. So yeah. uh, people have more options now. And that I, I would say people have tons of options and people have zero excuse. 
they should go and make a I've movie. seen some pretty good, good, great videos uh, and films shot on Android phones. I've seen yeah. some music videos. I can't remember the, the phone that they used um, for music videos um, just a couple years ago, I think it was, or maybe three years ago. And they were so, I mean, you know, Sony came out with the 4K years before iPhone came out with it. Yes, and uh, maybe this might be very interesting news for people who are uh, into mobile phone. Um, Red is coming up with a smartphone that is going to be having some pretty interesting uh, uh, video quality. You can probably Google search saying Red smartphone. And as soon as that comes out, maybe that's mortgage worthy. I don't know. Yeah, well, you know, I think it's just funny because the irony of that. So the phones are are working on cameras and the lenses, the depth of field and the lenses to be at least as good as a DSLR. And then now here we are. I mean, it just has, it makes a statement all by itself that Red Cam uh, comes out with a phone, right? Don't you think? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> or they could have they could have probably put a uh, display on their existing red Epic or Scarlet and with the speaker on it, so that people can talk. <laughs> exactly. It's like, well, your next phone be a camera because yeah. you know it's like, well, I mean, will your next camera be a phone? Is what I'm trying to say. Yeah. Amazing. Wow. Well, you know, I know it's it's late over there um, in Canada at your end. You're in the east end of Canada, aren't you? Yes, yes. I'm in Toronto, yeah, east in coast. T- but um, even though it's it's, it's late, but I, w- I would say that it, uh, it's probably a midday for a filmmaker, right? Yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, um, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to to do this this is um it's really been exciting talking to you i know we've talked before and it's always been exciting and you're an inspiring person to talk to um but this was probably the most in-depth conversation we've had and this is what i like about doing the this because i'm new to this podcast thing um but i think this is what i like about it because uh the reason why I wanted to do it was because of people like you. You know, you're you're not here in San Diego. It's not like I can I can shoot you <laughs> with a with a camera. <laughs> um, but uh, but this is a way to get your story and to inspire people. You know, all over um, with a with a nice conversation that we would have with people. You know, that are just in my mind, they're sitting right here in front of us um, listening. So, um, definitely. All right. Well, thank you again, Maithran. Um, I really, really appreciate it. Is there any last words you'd like to say? Um, I just wanted to say, even though we are the voice, you are the microphone that's amplifying that voice, not just for me, for like many filmmakers out there. Um, it's, it's about like sharing the experience, sharing the stories, and that's how I got equipped myself, like whenever I heard about like someone else's experience as to how they did it. And that becomes a collective knowledge that can uh, help in better filmmaking. So thank you so much for that. Well, thank you, sir. <laughs> yes.
That concludes our second episode of the SBP podcast. I really want to thank Mithram for being a part of our podcast show and sharing many insights with you, our listeners. Subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any episodes as we bring you more outstanding interviews on mobile filmmaking. We hope you're inspired to make your own films using the camera on your mobile phone. Check out our website for our film festival at www.internationalmobilefilmfestival.com Maybe we'll screen your film on our next film festival in San Diego and meet you on the red carpet too.